Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to episode one of Improve Me, the podcast designed to hopefully improve you. Today, episode one, I thought I'd talk about one of the most important things we do as human beings, and that's sleep, mainly because it has such a big impact on pretty much everything, your physical and your mental health, everything. I'm going to talk about the evolution of sleep, circadian rhythms, the effects of blue light, basically the positive things that you can expect from getting good sleep and what negative effects you can expect if you're not getting good sleep. We've heard the boring stuff all our life where we're told that it's important to get a good night's sleep, but why? Because we're gonna be tired the next day, so what? You can live with that, right? Well, a lack of sleep is probably gonna have a much bigger impact than you think, and it's not just the value you get with a good night's sleep, it's also the negative effects you can get without it, right? Maintaining a healthy weight, protecting neurons, brain cells uh, from degeneration. It can affect your mood. It can lead to disorders like depression. It can affect your happiness. It can lead to addictive behaviors. It's gonna have an effect on your focus, your productivity, your relationships, memory. Everything breaks down into getting good sleep. It's probably the most important thing that we have some sort of control over as human beings. So no matter how healthy you live, you'll still be vulnerable to a lot of negative things if you're not getting good sleep. So if you don't get that good sleep, it's not panic stations. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to scare you and freak you out. It's about having the knowledge to improve. So that's hopefully why you're listening. So by the end of the episode, you'll be armed with the knowledge for real positive change in the way that you sleep. So let's have a look at sleep evolution. And how we sleep today is very different to how we used to sleep decades and decades ago, and and it's not good. You might not think that sleep has changed much over the years, but it has, and it's been pretty dramatic. If we go back to pre-electricity, where candles were your only source of light at night time, most people would be sleeping around 10 hours a night. But once Tommy Edison invented the light bulb, we were able to stay up later, so we did. We just found extra things to do and to occupy our time. Then radio came along, so now we have a form of entertainment that kept us up later still. Then TV, and even through the early days, at least in Australia, a time would come where TV programs finished and the screen just went to static, so it wasn't 24 hours. But that time did come, so did the internet, so did mobile phones, and now we have the internet on our mobile phones. We have everything on demand all the time, 24-7, 365. And we kind of expect it. That's pretty much how we've evolved with this technology. 
So what are the ideal sleep times? It's gonna depend on your age. Uh, remembering, of course, that these are only guides, but they will cover most people, right? So starting with babies, uh, zero to three months, they're gonna be getting 14 to 17 hours a day or a night. Then from four to 11 months, 12 to 15 hours. One to two years, 11 to 14 hours. Ages three to five, 10 to 13 hours. And that's gonna include naps. So it's not like one big stretch. They might have a couple of naps during the day. Uh, ages six to 13, nine to 11 hours. Ages four to 17, this is a pretty critical age group, right? They need eight to 10 hours, but you're gonna find particularly with this group, they're gonna to go to bed later and they're gonna get up later. That's not them being jerk teenagers. It's not them being lazy or whatever else. It's just the way they're programmed at that age, right? So if they're going to bed late and getting up late, let them. That's what they need to do. They need that time to sleep and that's how they're, they're currently wired. So let them have the sleep if you've got kids or if you are a kid, you need it. So soak it all up. Then from ages 18 to 64, which basically covers most adults, seven to nine hours, and then 65 plus, seven to eight hours. And you're gonna find that you know the older people get, they might start having naps during the day, and that will, in, that will add up and, and be part of that time spectrum. So where, where do I fit in? I fit into the 18 to 64 range, so seven to nine hours. I can tell you personally, six to seven hours is the most I can sleep. And if I get that, I can wake up completely refreshed, completely you know, psyched and ready to go, jump into the day. I'm, you know, I'm not yawning, I'm not sluggish, I'm just pumped. So six to seven hours for me is ideal and it's pretty much impossible for me to sleep beyond seven hours. I just, I just can't do it. So what are the benefits of sleep? Sleep is a catch up. Um, it's gonna benefit your physical, your mental, and your emotional health. Because when you're sleeping, your body has a chance to rest and recover. And these restorative properties even occur on a cellular level. So, you know, some major benefits of sleep are gonna be boosting your immune system. It's gonna strengthen your ability for emotional processing. I bet you did not know that. Improving your mood and decreasing stress. Improving memory function improving cellular growth, repairing tissue and muscle recovery. It's obviously important if you train or you exercise. It increases your productivity and it's gonna improve your performance when you're exercising. That's pretty amazing. So here are some sleeps, uh, here are some sleeps. Here are some tips for improving your sleep hygiene, right? If you're gonna wind down before bedtime, wind down by turning off electrical devices Aim for an hour or so beforehand, and if you can dim your lights, if your lights have dimmers, turn them down as well, or have more background light, and try doing calming activities. Maybe a warm bath, reading, meditation. This is gonna help your body get into that sleepy mode, right? Very important. Um, now, I'm a bit of a hypocrite because Winding down for me involves TV, so I'm not avoiding an electronic device there. I'm watching TV, but I'm, I recognize it, and it's, that's just my thing. That's just how I do it, and, and I'll explain why screens a bit later in this podcast, why screens should be avoided when you're getting closer to bedtime.
Okay, so you wanna start slowing down. So if you're, you, you wanna get your, your sleep times right. So if you're used to staying up till 2 a.m., just by going to bed at 11 p.m., that's not gonna cut it. You're just gonna be there wide awake, right? You have to train your body to get used to it, right? So start shifting your bedtime back by 15 to 20 minutes. And after a few days, another 15 or 20 minutes and keep doing that. Every time you get used to that time, go another 15, 20 minutes. So every three or four times you get used to that, you're coming back a whole hour. So it shouldn't take you that long to get your bedtime to a reasonable sort of time. You have to train yourself, right? You don't, you don't walk into a gym on day one and lift your body weight above your head, right? You have to train up to it. Everything mental, you gotta train your brain to do it. Right, so you gotta be consistent. So there's no point having really shit sleep all through the week thinking, okay, well, I've got a huge sleep deficit and I'm just gonna catch up on weekends and, and sleep all weekend to catch up. That's just not gonna work, it's not practical. What you need to be doing is more consistency. Try to go to bed and try waking up around the same time every day. Whether it's a weekend, public holiday, work day, school day, whatever, try and be consistent. It doesn't mean you can't go out and you know write yourself off at a, at a club, every now and then, I mean, you know, live your life, but be aware of it, right? So, you know, if, you, if you're gonna work against yourself, at least understand what's happening and make sure that the payoff is worth it, right? So be flexible, in other words. You're not gonna go to bed at exactly the same time every night, but if you're within an hour or so of your normal or ideal sleep target, that's a really good point to start, right? That's a really good thing to achieve. So. I know for me personally, I don't have a sleep time. When I start to yawn, that's my trigger. I start packing it up, right? So that could be 9.30, it could be 11 o'clock. But I listen to my body and it's been really good for me, really effective. And I've uh, gained a lot of understanding of how I, you know, how my sleep cycles work. So, what are some of the symptoms and side effects of being sleep deprived? Um, if you're losing one or two hours of sleep a night, that can have a massive impact on your mood and your overall health. So how do you know if you're not getting enough sleep? Well, it's pretty simple. Here are some common symptoms um, that you're gonna notice if you're sleep deprived, right? If you're struggling to stay awake when you're inactive, like if you're just sitting down watching TV, if you have difficulty concentrating, if you're forgetful, if there's a lag in responding to others, if you have a loss or a complete lack of motivation, increase in moodiness, constantly yawning, if you have a whole day where you just feel drowsy and run down, if you need to take multiple power naps, or if you're just noticing that you're tired all the time. It all sounds really, really obvious, but until you actually stop and think, it's a bit hard to sort of pin that down. So now that you know that, you can look at your own life and go, you know what, I do do that. And you know, you can enact some change. Right? So it's important to keep an eye on these symptoms, especially if they occur daily or weekly, because shortchanging your sleep long-term, that can just lead to horrendous problems, long-term problems, including diabetes, depression, heart problems, including high blood pressure, you can lower your immunity and you can gain weight and to the point of obesity, right? 
Sleep has an impact, a big impact. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, so what are the stages of sleep? You want to go through um, all the stages of sleep. And an average sleep cycle lasts about 90 minutes. So ideally, you want to have four to six cycles of sleep in every 24-hour block of time. And if you do that, that's when you're going to feel fresh and rested. So each cycle contains four individual stages, three that form a non-rapid eye movement, which is NREM sleep, and one rapid eye movement, which is commonly known as REM sleep, right? So while the time spent in each stage varies the longer you're asleep, you might bounce between these stages during the night. So each individual stage remains largely the same, right? So NREM, stage one. So that's non-REM sleep, stage one. This stage is that really light sleeping and it usually lasts five to 10 minutes. And this is the stage where you feel like you're just starting to nod off, right? If um, if you're watching TV, for example, you know, this has happened to me a million times. You're watching TV and you just sort of nod off and you, you sort of bounce awake and you're like a little bit startled. And it's like, oh yeah, I think I was just falling asleep. And you think, was I asleep? I'm not really sure. And you're, you're watching TV and you're trying to work out if you've missed anything. And you've probably only been out from, you know, from a few seconds to a handful of minutes because that's that that's what that stage is. And if you get woken up during this stage, you might feel like you haven't actually fallen asleep at all, but you have, right? So non-REM stage two sleep is basically during this stage, it's a light sleep and your muscles start relaxing and your body temperature drops as your heart rate and your breathing slow down. 
So during this stage, your eye movement stops and your brain waves slow down. And there's gonna be occasional bursts of brain waves that are believed to assist with storing memories and shutting down your senses so your sleep's not gonna be interrupted. Um, this stage prepares you basically to enter into a deep sleep and that could last up to 25 minutes. Right, so NREM, non-REM stage three sleep. This stage is known as deep sleep in which your eyes and muscles are fully at rest. During this stage, your body is repairing itself. Uh, it's regrowing tissue. It's strengthening your immune system. It's building bones and muscle. So if you can imagine not getting that sleep, these are some things that you're probably missing out on or it's not happening properly or well. It's increasingly difficult to wake up during this stage of sleep as well. And if you are woken, you might experience a period where you feel a bit disorientated or you have like a brain fog and, and that can last like an hour, right? During early sleep cycles, this stage should last 20 to 40 minutes and it gets increasingly shorter as sleep cycles progress. So as you get older, you spend less time in this stage, stage three, and more time in stage two. Now that makes sense, right? Because I mean, I've noticed personally that as I've gotten older, the ability to heal has slowed down. Like if I cut my hand when I was a teenager, within a day or so, like you barely notice. Now it might take a week for that cut to heal, you know? So I've definitely noticed that. So that might mean that I'm already experiencing more stage two sleep than stage three. Okay, so REM sleep. Now hold on your hats because this is pretty awesome. This is, this is where you dream. You're dreaming during this REM sleep. And that's when they say REM, it's rapid eye movement. And if you've ever seen someone sleeping in a deep sleep, you see their eyes darting back and forth, just going everywhere. That's supposed to be happening, right? That's what rapid eye movement sleep is. Your brain activity will be greatly increased and it can even exceed the brain activity that you have when you're awake. Your brain can be more active when you're sleeping than when you're awake. Now, on the surface, that sounds pretty hectic, but think about when you're awake, all the things that your brain is taking in, right? All your surrounds, the smells, touch, all your senses, that's all, all that sensory information, that's a huge amount of brain power. So imagine when you don't have all that happening and you're sleeping, for your brain to match that level of activity of everything that you're doing, walking, moving, thinking, talking, whatever, whilst you're sleeping, a lot is going on, right? Your muscles enter a state of temporary paralysis, except for your eyes, which move rapidly at this stage, and the muscles you need to breathe. So your breathing gets faster and your heart rate and blood pressure increase. Usually the first period of REM sleep occurs around 90 minutes into your, um, into your first sleep cycle and lasts for up to 10 minutes. So each of your later REM stages should get longer the more hours you remain asleep, right? So if you're going through all those cycles, you should be dreaming a lot, right? So I wanna talk about sedation because this is quite important. If you're going to bed under the influence of drugs, whether they're legal or illegal, or if you use alcohol to aid your falling asleep, then you're not getting good sleep. You're sedating yourself. And that's just like knocking yourself out because you're not going to be getting all that good stuff happening when you're sedated. That's only going to be happening when you're sleeping, right? So circadian rhythms, you've probably heard that term, but your circadian 
rhythm is your body's way of measuring time in a 24-hour period. It's essentially your body clock. You've definitely heard that term. These are natural processes that respond primarily to light and dark and affect just about every living thing on the planet, including animals, plants, even some microbes. So if you want to get into the, the weeds of that, chronobiology is the study of circadian rhythms and pretty interesting stuff. But if you want to dive a little bit deeper into that specific thing, have a squiz. Okay, so if you're sleeping at night and awake during the day, you're working with your circadian rhythm. Whereas shift workers, for example, are going to be sleeping during the day and awake at night. So they're working against their circadian rhythm. There is literally nothing you can do to counter the effects of being awake at night and sleeping during the day. Your sleep is just not going to be as good. You're going to be at risk of you know, weakened immunity, poor memory, even diseases like cancer are increased with poor sleep hygiene. Right? I've heard people say that to get good sleep, you should wake with the morning light by leaving blinds and curtains open so that you wake up with natural sunlight. And I, I both agree and strongly disagree with that. Ideally, yes, the concept, the idea of that is spot on. But waking up with the sun coming through the window, you know, it, it's the sun rises at a different time every day and most people need to get up by a certain time in order to get to work or to school or to start their day on time. Right? So also leaving your curtains open might let in street light at night, which could hamper you falling asleep. Um, and, and curtains and blinds, yeah, they block out the light, but they're also going to offer some measure of soundproofing from the outside world, and that could affect the quality of your sleep too, right? So for me personally, that just wouldn't work because I generally get up about 5.15, and that's long before the sun rises, you know, um, particularly in the colder months. I don't use an alarm. If you get shocked awake when you're in a deep sleep or an REM sleep, you'll probably feel like you've just been hit by a truck, even if you've had adequate sleep time. If you slept the right amount of time, you can still feel like you've just been hit by a truck because you've woken up in the wrong cycle. Being woken up in the wrong cycle will have a big impact on how you feel when you wake up. Right? Now, using myself as, as an example, I know for many years I told people that if I went to bed before 10.30 or 11 o'clock, I'd just lie in bed wide awake. And I'm sure that there was a stage in my life where that was 100% accurate, but when I started to analyze my own sleep hygiene, I found it wasn't that great. I would often force myself to stay up till at least minimum 10.30, even if I was tired, even if I was yawning, even if I would catch myself drifting off, I still forced myself to stay up. And what I realize now is that when I start yawning, that's obviously, so obviously, the, my body giving me a signal that I need to start thinking about wrapping it up. So if I stay up, I feel like, you know, I'm missing that falling asleep window. But if I go to bed when I start yawning, I'm just going to get a way better quality of sleep. And also, wake up, I'm probably going to wake up an hour or more before I need to get up. That's because I've had all the good quality sleep I've needed. So naturally, pun intended, I wake up. Now, the, the problem with that is, if, I, if I'm waking up consistently an hour before I need to get up, why don't I go to bed an hour later? Well, then I miss that falling asleep window, right? So if I, if I stay up an hour later, past the time where I've started yawning, I might, I might sleep that extra hour, 
but it's not going to be the same quality of sleep. And I definitely feel the difference. Right? So when you start, when I start yawning, that's my signal. I don't just climb into bed immediately. I have you know a 20 or 30 minute thing that you know, 20 or 30 minutes I spend before I go to bed, brushing teeth, getting the dog sorted, locking the house, turning off lights, let, you know, aircon, whatever. So that's yeah, when I start yawning, that's my signal to start wrapping it up. Okay, so light spectrums. Light spectrums are all the different wavelengths of energy produced by a light source, and in our case, that's the sun. A wavelength is basically a color of light, and our visible light is made up of all the colors. So starting from the longest to the shortest wavelength, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. The shorter the wavelength, the more it's gonna interfere with your circadian rhythm and your sleep. So if you wanna do something cool, get a disc cardboard or paper or whatever and divide it into seven equal segments like a pizza, pizza slices and color them in order of the rainbow. And if you rem remember back to school days, Roy G. Biv stands for red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. And if you put all your pizza slices in of those colors in that order and spin it, put a pin in the middle of it and spin it, you'd probably expect it to turn a dark color, but it's actually gonna look white. So you spin all those colors on a disc, it's gonna look white. That's just a, a cool experiment you can do. Okay, so now blue light from screens. TVs, mobile phones, tablets, even some watches, basically any type of screen is going to emit blue light and blue light is going to keep you awake. It's one of the shortest wavelengths and that's going to keep you up. So now you can you can get those blue light blocking glasses. I don't think they block all the blue light, but they will block some and you know, I think it would be beneficial. I'm actually going to get some and I'll let you know if I notice any effects. Uh, from that, but unfortunately for me, my favorite wind down is watching TV. So that's that's how I relax before bed. So I'm going to get some of these blue light blocking glasses and see if that has an impact. And you know, and I can wear those, you know, when I'm sitting in front of the computer or looking at mobile, whatever. It's it's hopefully going to have a, a positive effect. So I'm exposing myself to blue light just before bed, and that's not good. And ideally. You should avoid screens an hour before bedtime, but I just realized it's not practical for some people like myself. So, you know, I, I don't know what I'd do with myself. I wouldn't be able to relax another way. Okay, so I personally, I, I feel like it's not having too much effect on me because I've noticed such a huge improvement in my own sleep, but wearing these glasses might help me achieve better sleep or maybe fall asleep faster. So, you know, I'll get some and I'll let you know how I go. And now that I've vilified blue light, I'm actually going to champion it because blue light, ideally natural blue sunlight, is brilliant first thing in the morning. And this would be my perfect start to the day. Um, I don't slash can't do it with my current lifestyle, but this is what I'd love to do. I'd love to wake up in the morning. First thing I ever do is brush my teeth, drink a big glass of water not only to hydrate my brain, but hydrate my body. And I just sit out in the morning sunlight and just have a delicious coffee. Huge fan of coffee, by the way. Um, and then I'd follow that up with a 10 minute uh, meditation. Bathing in the morning sunlight as early as possible is a great way to start the day. And it really locks in that circadian rhythm. And you know, you, you get that consistency. And 
before you make any judgments about me meditating, anyone that's listening to this that knows me, their, prob their head probably just fell off their shoulders hearing that I meditate because that's just not something that I would have ever seen myself doing. But now that I know the benefits of it, I do it. And I'll probably do a whole podcast on meditation uh, because it is really, really beneficial. And I won't go into it now, but you know, you get a really, really, there's something really positive you get from medium to high intensity exercise. You can get that same thing from meditation. So that's all I'm going to say on that. I'll, I'll go into that in, in depth on a, on a whole podcast. But if you can meditate, great. And, you know, it, don't expect to be able to nail it the first time. It's going to take time, like any, like learning any new skill, it's going to take time to build up to that 10-minute point. And hope, you know, hopefully you can go beyond that. But it's really worthwhile looking into, and I'll go into that at some other time. All right, so bathing in the morning sunlight as early as possible, brilliant way to start the day. Now, for at least half the year, I've left home to start my work day before the sun even rises. So, you know, I can't meditate in the morning before work because I'm just too amped to start the day. When I get up, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm just ready to go. And that's not, that's not something that I've always had. What I used to do, <laughs> what I used to do and say when I woke up, I'd, I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to work, too tired. And, you know, with my feet dragging, I'd mope my way into the shower and I'd just be standing there like a zombie 10 minutes later, just letting the water hit me. You know, I'd, I'd still be mumbling complaints to myself about how tired I was or that I had to work. I should be enjoying this luxurious hot shower because I think every hot shower is, is a luxury. I just love it, right? It feels so good. It should be considered a luxury. I just love it. So, um, you know, in, instead of enjoying that nice hot shower, I'm there whinging, complaining to myself like no one else can hear me. I'm just whinging to myself. I mean, that's gonna, that mood carries on into the day. So then I'd be sluggish, I'd feel unmotivated, and not really like I was being my best version, you know? Now, and I don't say this to myself anymore because now it's built in and it's basically part of who I am. But in order to change that narrative, it, it took some effort, right? But I'd wake up and I'd say this to myself. And, and not in my head, I'd say this out loud, even though my dog would look at me like, what the hell is going on? But I'd wake up and I'd say this. I'd be like, yes, I woke up. Because when you think about it, you're either going to wake up or you're not. So if you wake up, that's the best possible scenario to start the day. Something to be straight up positive about. You woke up. That's awesome. Then I'd say to myself, I love getting up at 5.15. Nobody's forcing me to get up early. I choose to get up early. Because the earlier I start my work day, the earlier I finish my work day. And I get to do that because I have my own business, which is only possible because I live in the greatest country on earth where I'm free to choose my own destiny and do what I want. So I don't have to get up at 5.15. I get to get up at 5.15. It's my privilege that I'm able to get up at 5.15 in the morning. So the flow on effect from that kind of positivity is just outstanding. Every day, I am just amped and pumped to get into the day. I can't wait, you know? If you're, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't want to go to work, okay, well, fine, you don't want to go to work, but you're still going to go. So make the most of it. 
try to pump yourself up, get into a better mood because at the end of the day, who wants to be in a shitty mood all the time? Right? So there's some really important things that are happening in our brain whilst we're sleeping. And often our brains are more active whilst we're sleeping than when we're awake. Right? So what are some things that are happening during sleep? What are some good things? Well, synaptic pruning. Synaptic pruning is a natural process that happens in the brain and it usually happens quite a lot in early childhood and adulthood. It's basically, during synaptic pruning, the brain is eliminating extra synapses. Synapses, synapses, whatever way you want to pronounce it. Um, now, a, a synapse will form between two brain cells or between brain cells and they'll connect them. And that connection is thought to be the way, um, that, that's how you, you, you getting memories and stuff, right? That's how you're processing stuff because the information is traveling from one cell to the next. So synaptic pruning is thought to be the brain's way of removing connections that are no longer needed in the brain. So if you have memories that you never access, then synaptic pruning is going to chop out those memories to make your brain more efficient, right? So it's getting rid of all the clutter and just making everything neat and tidy. So synaptic pruning first begins at eight months of age in the visual cortex and 24 months of age in the frontal cerebral cortex. So, right, so they're removing unnecessary excitatory and inhibitory synaptic connections. So synaptic pruning also occurs in the brainstem and the cerebellum. Right, so as you can imagine at eight months of old, uh, eight months of age and 24 months of age, everything that you experience is new. So everything is gonna, you're gonna be creating so many of these connections in your brain because everything is everything that you experience is is something for the first time right so at eight months it's like right we've got all this trash let's just cut it out chop out all the garbage clear out the clutter and make the brain you know more receptive to to newer better information so that's synaptic pruning synaptogenesis that's the formation of synapses actually i'll talk about neurogenesis first that'll make more sense Neurogenesis is the process where new neurons are formed in the brain. And neurons are just another way of saying brain cells, right? So neurogenesis is crucial during um, the, developing, the, the development of embryos, but also can, continues in certain brain regions after birth and throughout our entire lives. Growing new brain cells and protecting existing brain cells is what neurogenesis is all about. So you want to protect the cells that are already there and you want to grow new ones to replace the ones that are dying off. And hopefully they're, they're dying off in the proper way. They're not being, you know, not being exposed to things that are, are, you know, killing your brain cells. Right, so synaptogenesis, that's the formation of synapses. So synapses are the points of contact where information is transmitted between neurons. Right, so that's what's getting chopped out. Um, in synaptic pruning if it's a memory or an experience that is no longer being used or accessed. And a good example of that would be if you know how to play a musical instrument, if you don't play it for years and years and years, and then you pick it up one day and play, you're going you're gonna to remember some stuff. You're going to remember how to play, but you're going to be pretty shit, right? You're, you're going to be sloppy, just not going to be as good as what you were because it's just been such a long time where you've accessed those memories. Right, uh, memory consolidation. 
Memory consolidation is a temporary memory that is transformed into a more stable long-term memory. And I guarantee, I guarantee if your memory sucks, you're not getting enough sleep or you're not getting enough quality sleep. No other way about it. Now I wanna to talk to you about a hormone and a protein that is affected negatively when you're not getting correct sleep. This is, this is pretty cool. Now ghrelin is a hormone that's produced in the gastrointestinal tract and also in the stomach. It's often called the hunger hormone. So when your body senses that it needs nutrients or sustenance, this hormone is released to initiate hunger, reminding you to eat so your body gets what it needs. All right, pretty simple. Now leptin is a protein and that's produced by fat cells which mainly acts in the regulation of appetite and fat storage. So this protein is gonna release in the body, giving you a feeling that you're satiated or full and not requiring more food. So that's a pretty cool mechanism, right? And you're probably thinking, well, what's that got to do with sleep? Well, your, gr your ghrelin and your leptin levels can be thrown out of whack with poor sleep. So, you know, how does that translate in the real world? Okay, well, that means you could be hungry when you don't need food or that feeling of being full is harder to achieve, right? So that's going to make weight loss very difficult. So if your levels are out of whack, you're probably eating more than you need to. So instead of losing weight, you end up gaining weight. And here's, here's, a, here's a mental fact. If you get five hours of sleep per night or less, you are 50% more likely not to be overweight, but to be obese. If you get five hours of sleep or less per night, you're 50% more likely to be obese. That is mind blowing. So I hope by now you're starting to realize how important good sleep hygiene is because it's probably the most important function we have control over as human beings. So if you've listened to the end, thank you very much. This was my first episode of hopefully many. Hopefully they'll get better. Uh, so please share the episode if you know someone who can benefit from this information. And, and armed with this knowledge, hopefully you can start the process to improving your sleep hygiene and, and subsequently improving your life. So before I go, I'll just give you one short story on um, on sleep from a personal experience. Pretty funny. I downloaded, I think, about three apps on my phone so I could measure my sleep and, and see what I could learn from that. And every morning I'd get up and I'd go through the apps and they were all fairly similar, giving similar information. But what they did do was record a whole lot of snoring, which freaked me out because I'd never in my life been told that I'm a snorer. So I was a little bit worried thinking, you know, what's caused all this sudden snoring and more, you know, how long has it been going on for? And I was thinking, you know, this could lead to other issues, maybe sleep apnea. So I was a little concerned and, you know, before bed, I'd, I'd blow my nose, even if I didn't need to, just to try and clear my airways. I don't normally sleep on my back, but I was trying to do that so I could breathe better. And it just kept happening. So I was, you know, I was getting a bit concerned about it. But then one morning about 2am, I woke up and I could hear myself snoring. I recognized it. And turns out that my dog who sleeps in my bedroom was snoring his ass off. And for weeks, I'd been freaking out that it was me. And like, it's a pretty serious snore if you heard it. So, 
you know, I don't actually use those apps anymore because it's kind of useless if my dog's going to be in there, you know, snoring. So in the end, um, I don't, I don't use those anymore. And, and there's, you know, no real point. They're not super accurate because they're, they're just listening, uh, to your sleep. They're not, you haven't, you're not hooked up in any way. Like you don't have those electrodes on your head, you know, electroencephalography, um, where they're, watching and, and recording your brain activity it's it's nothing that sophisticated you know so it's probably helpful or useful if you're using those apps just to see you know perhaps how long you are sleeping and there's probably some rudimentary information there that that might be useful or at least interesting to you but don't don't think that they're super accurate because i don't think that's the case so Anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you. It's pretty funny. I, I kind of had a big sense of relief once I realized, and um, yeah, and that was that. So until next time, try to imitate my blood type and be positive. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.